the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bolverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening. Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch. Mark Peterson in for Dr. Jerry Parsons. And we are here at 1604 on Bull Road right here at Millburgers. And we uh, hope you'll come by and say hi and visit with us. Uh, we had a lot of nice people. Had some people come by earlier who uh, listened to the show and were, were waving at us and giving us a thumbs up, which was very, very nice. And we had... Uh, our honey man, uh, EJ, AJ, EJ, EJ, yeah, yeah, who came by and visited with us yesterday. That was nice. So, come on by and say hello. All right, uh, or call us at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty. Melton's in kind of a good mood today for a switch. Three zero eight two. I think he had a Red Bull in the, in the back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll change in the channel. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down, Calvin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Call us if you want. Two one zero. 308. He's not as red in the face. He must not 67. have been. Yeah. Do, do, done his jogging this morning or something. I did. I did, I did uh, 45 minutes on the treadmill. Oh, it was inside in the air conditioning? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> you didn't walk into any of the trails that we like so much? No. You and I? No, it's no. a shame. I'm, I'm waiting for the weather to break because I missed the trails. Yeah. Nah, I'm waiting for it to break it about December 1st. That's when I, I think that will be the break yeah. that I'm looking for. And I don't know. Have you been conferring with your uh, your shrubs that you uh, normally t- tell you when it's going to rain, Milton? Or you know, you, Texas you sage, mock the Sinisa all you want, but you know, I'm just saying, the old timers got to be old timers for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Well, That's, I don't know how I got three. Yeah. I, I don't either, frankly. Well, these were these were I guess these, I have to look into these were old timers before you were old timers. But anyway. All right, 210-308-8867. And, Mark, we got a special guest, hopefully at 1 o'clock. You want to? Uh, yes, uh, the ex- executive director of Bear Branches Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a relatively new a nonprofit here in San Antonio, and they're talking about main t- uh, planting and maintaining trees. So they're not just going out and obtaining grants and, and other funds for uh, uh, just planting trees or provided them to the public as adoptees, we like to call them, rather than giveaways. You're adopting the tree. But mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be working on maintaining uh, those those trees that are given away, plus the existing trees, working on the maintenance of existing oh, good. trees. So particularly in areas where it's desperately needed, uh, that is in the inner city areas inside uh, mm. uh, Fort 10. 
Hot oh. city. Yeah. So uh, they have uh, various uh, thematic maps that uh, they're you, looking you, at. You don't have to. You can cancel the interviewer because Mark is just given the whole presentation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jackie does it much, much better. So it's, okay. uh, it's uh, Ms. Jackie Randall. And she'll be coming on, giving it the whole good, scoop. Good, good. We want to hear about it. All right, that's coming up at 1 o'clock. Like <laughs> Thanks, said, Kelvin, for reminding me. Yeah. And I, I tend to talk. No, you did fine. <laughs> yeah, don't let Calvin pick on you. All right. Uh, so I need some advice. I've decided uh, what I'm, I'm... Oh, good. Can we pick on you then? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and pick on me. Um, so Purple Heart. All right. So I want to move some from the backyard to the front yard under a big oak tree. Yeah. I thought it might look good. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you listen to Jerry and your stories about this, it sounds like all you got to do is put some in the back of your pickup, pull up next to where you want it to be, let it fall out of the pickup, and it'll just start growing. But I'm guessing it's more difficult than that. Well... It actually has worked that way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's, but, but, yeah. If that you, was purely wanna, by accident. Purely. Yeah, but if you want to, uh, yeah, you just, uh, the, de- the deal is that you plant it, transplant it just like anything else. The advantages are you can transplant it almost any time of the year. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then and then you just water it in. You know, if you transplant five pieces, Jerry would say all five will live. Maybe not, but several of them will live. Okay. But we but that uh, falling off the pickup actually did work back when I don't know was it 2008 or when it was. Yeah. We had a big a drought. We were collecting, trying to get people uh, excited about. Gardening, continue to be excited about yeah, gardening. You, yeah. While in a drought. How can you be a great gardener and excited about gardener while in a drought? So. And then we hmm. and we actually had a pile, a storage kind of a pile. People were uh, donating uh, transplants from their Purple Heart. And we had a, you know, if we got, if we got behind on the pile, we just put it in a pile. And then within a few weeks... That pile was growing around the edges, and the okay. So it actually did did grow in a. It so fell off a pickup truck. Can I just clip them at the roots and then bring them over and pop them in? Why don't you just dig them? Yeah. Okay, well that's what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, w- I would dig them. Um, uh, yeah, technically, yeah, you could you could do that. Um, but if you're going to do that, you'd like to be a little bit more formal, maybe a root, little root tone powder, just yeah, okay, like that and, and then put them in. But uh, if you dig them up, then you don't have to go from planting them into a pot and then transplanting them later on. So oh, okay. if you dig them up, you just dig the hole first. Always dig the hole first. Then dig the plant and then move them over. Okay. Push the soil in there so that's yeah. firm in there. And, and water. Wet, wet. Water, water, yeah. water, water, water. Water ahead of time and after? Or that's right. Good. But, but the, after uh, many years, Jerry's convinced me of this. So. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I think Jerry would say that you probably, well, the plant the plants would probably survive if that's all you watered them. Yeah, but maybe not this hundred degrees when it's this dry. But yeah, so so Calvin's right. You can do it any time of year, but of course, always the best time of year is fall. Falls for planting. Okay, so um, that would that. A little cooler temperature would help in the, okay, in, in the establishment it. process. Hello. 
yeah, okay, I'll wait then. I'll give it a little more time. But yeah. Is that the answer you're looking for? No, oh, no, I'll no, wait. No, 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 I was just trying to figure out. Remember I told you I saw the nice stand at the uh, TPC Marriott, I think, or whatever? I told you that last week. Remember? No, 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 yeah, yeah, but but what was it? The TTP? TPC? No, CPC? <laughs> no, T. <laughs> T is in Tom, P is in Paul, C is in Cat. Oh, uh, okay. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. TPC Parkway? TPC? Yeah, yeah, the hotel there. The hotel. They had a nice stand of Purple Heart. Yeah, yes. It was very pretty, nice and tall. What yeah. are you going to do, steal it? No, I have some in the backyard. Oh. I'm just going to move it. The backyard oh. is not weak. Just casually backed into the bed, casually open up the trunk, pretending he was staying at that uh-huh. hotel and just putting some in uh, the bed. Now I can't do it because y'all have been <laughs> blabber mouths. No, I would not do that. But we don't need to because we have some at home that we don't we don't like where it is uh, anyway. It is a, a Peterson pick uh, oh, as is. a ground cover. Uh, the nice thing about it, it will grow. In both shade and sun. Ooh. It's not particular. Oh, good. Okay, I have another question. I'm full of questions. Um, so uh, we were making um, sweet potato cookies yesterday. And McCalvin kept saying, you know, last week, all you need to do is cut off a chunk of the sweet potato, put it in the ground, it'll grow. It's easy. It's just easy. So I have lots of chunks of sweet potatoes if I want to. Could I kind of put those in around the oak tree? Well, you could, but the the first step might be to put it uh, in a uh, some water or in a right. some uh, cl- what's our clay? Uh, the 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 perlite that I talk yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, and but that that's again not a very fussy p- uh, plant. So I've, right. seen, uh, I've seen it on the cr- uh, kitchen uh, window e- yeah. e- e- eaves there with people, and it's got. Sprouts coming out every day. Yeah. Now, now the uh, the sweet potato uh, that you like as an ornament of a vine, you know, in the summertime we like that. Right. Now, that's that's a little different than the the food one. Oh, so I should get the just the vine that's here, like at the. Well, market? no, you can use your food one that you that okay. you had here, um, and it will grow. It's just not as attractive as the ornamental one. And the ornamental one is that light green one, and then a little darker purple, which oh, we light. have here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someplace here, we can. Yeah. Uh, in the construction zone there. Now, now we like to say that um, you're gonna you're not gonna plant a seed or anything. You're gonna plant a slip, and a slip so is is a portion. Uh, the sweet potato, but it all cleaned off and everything. So what does cleaned off mean? Uh, you're not going to have the skin. I don't believe you have the skin on it. I've never planted them. They're, all right. yeah. They're not fussy. Yeah. If, if you could call me up at 210-308-8867. Yeah, and help, yeah. yeah, if you've done this. Did you have a question, sir? Can we ask it on the air? We're doing our show here. Can you come on the air with us? Oh, and show it? You don't have to. Okay, you talk to uh, Calvin or Mark and... Uh, uh, Oh, are you identifying us? Is that a... Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. What's going on, Calvin? What you doing over there? Well, let's see. This morning I planted some more of the, the zinnias. And All right. You bought some yesterday, I know. Yeah, I did. Uh, what, that, what is that selection? Uh that Trace's favorite. Um, profusion. Fu- uh, profusion, yeah. They're very attractive. They're kind of miniatures, but they're uh, tough. 
And uh, and then uh, so I planted. I'm replacing some of my portulaca. Uh, oh, okay. Be, uh, of course, my my sparrows are unhappy about that because they like harvesting the the succulent uh, foliage off of the portulaca. And then I also uh, planted some more more tomatoes. Oh, good. Yeah. And which so, ones did you buy? Well, gosh, I got the, I got my favorites: Red Snapper and uh, um, BHN 968 plus uh, Ruby Crush. Yeah, you okay. th- those are if you and that that's the amazing thing that we have those in containers, one gallon containers. So they these one gallon containers you can plant them directly into the garden and they can tolerate. They can deal with this this heat. You're going to still have to water them every day for a while. But uh, uh, and then we also have four inch if you prefer four and a half inch. But gosh, all the all the varieties we recommended: Red Snapper, Tycoon, mm-hmm. Celebrity, Tycoon, Red Deuce. Um, yeah, and um, let's see what other. Well, that kind? that was fun. And, oh, okay, uh, well, hang on. We'll find out what and happened. Those, and those two uh, cherry tomatoes. What happened? Oh, okay. What happened? Uh, at first, I thought he had newly planted some hollies. Uh, they were all brown. All the leaves were, uh, were necrotic and, and falling off. I thought it was initially uh, uh, planted early, uh, just planted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was talking about uh, you need to water that first 90 days. You know, I, I didn't want to totally get into the internationally famous Mark 321 program, watering program, but uh, but he needed to step it up. But then he said, oh, no, they've been in the ground for two years. I said, oh, oh they're established. I went, well, no, the hollies are very forgiving, but they probably do need a little water right now. So, yeah. so, so he was doing my prescribed uh, once every two weeks, but I think... This one needs it, a, it, 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 we're in a different situation. Emergency transfusion. Yeah. So, but I said that you don't have to prune right away. Um, hollies are forgiving, and there may be some tissue that's left. So I would just wait until the fall before you start pruning okay. seriously. But if it is dead, prune it back to the juncture. So many people think, oh, if I leave a little bit more, like a stub. You see this on trees all the time, that they want to leave a, a big, long stru- uh, stub that that's better for the tree. Now, go back and always prune back to the branch collar. Okay. What is what is the theory behind the leaving the big, long stub? Because I do oh, see Oh, it's the- like they want, they want to anthropomorphize you know, the trees. So if you leave a little bit more on your arm, that's better. You know, if you you don't want to cut off all the arm to the shoulder. What, what happens to that limb? Does it still have live tissue? It, it is lovely food for insects and disease. Oh. And uh, wildlife. Yeah, and what? Yeah, wildlife. So uh, over the years, the 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 feeling uh, or the uh, what we've learned from trees, uh, arborists, because we wanted to go in there and make everything nice and clean. So uh, on older trees, you want to wait a little bit longer because there's lots of, of insects 
and like birds and feeding on everything in that little branch and they're also they're often beneficial hmm. beetles and you got you get more flexibility the farther you get away from your your house and your driveway mm. oh, okay yeah, there, yeah it's a difference on uh grooming a tree that's over the top of your roof than yeah. it is uh you know like i i don't i don't like to have um Oh, the, uh, oh, what's the one with the little berries in the spring? Mulberries. Yeah. Mulberries or the Anaquas or, yeah. Close. I don't like mulberries close because they have a little tendency of wood to break and everything and they'll fall. Hmm. But when they're, when you got a little property room, mulberries wonderful because the birds just love it. I don't know. I've never had any trouble with the Nakwa branches. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking of the berries. You uh, can't. Yeah, uh, in August, uh, now in August, they start tending to be dropping all over. Or actually, it's the birds eating the berries dropping that cause the pet that cause the problem. Now, Nakwa is uh, uh, I, I, when I, th- I think of it, it's almost almost impossible to travel through it. But <laughs> I talk about a compact. But it's a, a native plant, and it's uh, got nice blooms, uh, makes very nice cover for wildlife and those berries. Our uh, shopkeepers, though, at uh, some of the areas in town did not care too much for um, an aqua. And why is that? Uh, the yellow berries yeah. have a tendency to be sticky, and they've oh, yeah, yeah, tracked yeah. into yeah. Tracked into so, the shops. Well, hey, hang on, hang on to that thought. We got Bill on the line, real quick. He's got a, he wants to know your recipe for something. Uh oh. Hi, Bill. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, yeah, last week uh, Mark uh, gave out a recipe for potting soil, and oh. I wasn't able to write it down. Could you please give me that again? Yeah. So most potting mixes are almost 100% organic matter. And I like some soil in there as well. So uh, like, like a loamy sand or even just plain sand. Um, so I like about a third to half, mostly, usually about a third of a, of a sand, either sandy loam or even just pure workman sand. And then I'm going to put in a good potting mix, about another third or up to half of that. And then I'm going to finish it off with about a quarter uh, of the perlite. So it's going to be really light. It's not going to be almost like a cactus mix without the gravel or decomposed granite. So... I, and, and I do that because I think it holds moisture and nutrients better. Uh, and the potting soil, it will hold, the organic matter will hold water, but I think uh, the mineral actually holds it tighter. So uh, that's why I like to have it in there. So now, okay. but that is at the expense of weight. And so those containers are going to be much heavier than if you use 100% potting mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, okay. that's the only downtime. 
Okay. So, so I like so I like a, a little mineral soil with the potting mix, because if you read the label on most of the potting soils, even though it says soil, there's very limited or no soil in that mix. Okay. Would this be good to say? I wanted to start some plumerias. Uh, would some this be a good mix? Plumerias. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, but I, I'm like, what? We know that plumerias grow in what? Uh, Hawaii. And mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering if you want to put a little, a little granite in there, or a little volcanic stuff. Um, you know, they a lot of a lot of the nurseries sell that volcanic volcanic soil. Sorry. Always amazes me the limited amount of soil, uh, plumeria. That yeah, you, yeah. You know, you got this big tall plant blooms on it, and then there's a, like a one gallon or five gallon. Right, right, right. right. So when we we have them here early in February at Millburgers, uh, a woman. They're here. They're here now. Oh, okay. So I remember we had the 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 big big drop off. Uh, there's a grower that does just exclusively plumerias. And we have, uh, we come in here, and there's like about 40 or 50 plumerias being dropped off, all different colors. And you're right. They're all like almost one gallon, you know, maybe a little bit bigger. But it's it's amazing what they're in. I was trying to remember which gardener, I think it was Warren Short, was that he, that he used to stack them up. The sticks, the sticks up for the plumeria in the winter time, mm-hmm. and then, and then just stand them back up on the, in the summer uh, summertime. Yeah, you stack them like cordwood in the winter, yeah. and, and then. Yeah. So yeah anyway, so yeah, I, no, plant. I think I think that's a great. That would be a great start. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud that maybe I want a little decomposed granite in there, but you know, not my bunch. Does okay, that help you? Do- Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one other question. You, uh, now, you say plumerias like kind of be root-bound or in a small container? On the plumerias? Yeah, it's uh-huh. amazing that they're growing in a in a smaller container. Okay. All right, well, that does me. Thank you. I, it, it, it just aggravates me, or not aggravates me, it just gives me the, what do we call it, heebie-jeebies, you know, just finding a plant in that small of a container. Um, I, I always want to think big, big containers. But they like it, huh? Mm-hmm. But apparently, yeah. All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. Report back. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back in just a second. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas with Mark Peterson and Dr. Calvin Finch after this on 930 AM. The answer. to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. Give us a call and tell us what's going on in your gardening world. Okay, so you were talking about something, and we uh, kind of broke it off to talk with Bill uh, to get your recipe I'm trying to remember what we were talking about, though. Well, while you remember that, we'll just let's re- remind everybody about the uh, next month. Uh, the um, monarchs will be coming 
starting to come through. Is, it, is that August? No, September probably. Yeah, uh, the latter part of August, first part of September, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they, uh, so you got a chance to still, if you've you got nothing else, you could put the uh, native, I mean the um, tropical milkweed, because uh, it's it's booming up a storm here at Millburgers. Yeah. Looks good. The foliage is attractive. And then work, work on, I was just noticing too, uh, Mary is helping a customer, and he, she's got both the uh, um, tropical, and then she's got one of the uh, butterfly weed, too, which is the n- uh, native uh, milkweed. It's the one that's got attractive blooms and foliage. Uh, so they're they're both here. I don't know how many we've got of the. Yeah, uh, did you I, see? I asked Trace um, a couple weeks ago, and at that time, he had primarily the butterfly weed, the native butterfly weed, and the the tropical yeah, butterfly weed. That's uh, <clears throat> one of the reasons is is the, uh, the limited supply is that it's very difficult to germinate, and a lot of the wholesalers don't want to go through the bother yeah. of it. It's not hard. The tropical weed is not, butterfly weed is not hard to germinate. Yeah. It's just hard. To, all the other. Yeah, all the other ones. Okay. Yeah. Better clarification. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. I've got a, I've got a <laughs> and big, I was big say, platform over that I've <laughs> got six or seven different selections. See, that's a segue, Bill. Hmm. It's called a segue because yeah. then I could get him to talk about all his, his trials with the other ones. Oh, did, yeah. he, did he talk about them? I'm allowing to do it right now. Oh, go for it. <laughs> yeah, we got, we we have. Uh, it's it's kind of neat. The uh, interest continues on on trying to f- uh, figure out how uh, to germinate. And to germinate relatively easy to germinate. It's just getting them to to grow, um, and uh, it takes it takes some uh, some of our, our our best native milkweeds in terms of the. Monarch butterflies. It takes like three or four years to get them into a, uh, uh, really yeah, a settled, established situation. I, w- I, I was I had uh, contracted with uh, Petersons, and uh, for our spring bloom, and we wanted to do some milkweed. So spring bloom is the second Saturday of March, and I uh, started in uh, in November. I was a little late. I should have started even sooner, but I go uh, every every few weeks. I would go, "Hey, Ronnie, what, how's our how's how's that milkweed?" And he would kind of shake his head and go, "Well, they're, they're really small." Well, at first we had a little trouble with germination. Hmm. He had never done it before, hmm. and so he had bought the seed, and he, you know they're they're playing around with germination and stratification and what have you. And so first they had a little trouble with that, and then they're having trouble growing. And I said, Ronnie, i got to have these plants ready to go. And it's going, well, Mark, we're having a little trouble <laughs> growing them. <laughs> and they have to know Ronnie. Ronnie was always, you know, ah. And then I would ask the grower, hey, he's, um, and I forget his name, but, uh, He's going, oh, Mark, we're all having trouble growing them. I'll go ask Ronnie a few weeks later, how's it going? Well, Mark, we're having a little trouble. <laughs> so bottom line is they weren't ready for uh, for a spring bloom. Oh. But, yeah. but 
they were ready for festival flowers hmm. in May. And this was butterfly weed. Uh, yeah. It was, well, I don't know what it was. I, I assume it was butterfly uh-huh. weed because uh, he had bought the seed, so that, that seed's more available. Either that or the tropical. I said, no, let's go with butterfly, not the tropical. I remember that because uh, my bosses didn't yeah. want any tropical. Yeah, that's uh, so. The, so we always fall back on uh, on the tropical because mm. it's much easier to grow, and uh, and frankly, eat. it's much more attractive. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's generally available at your favorite nursery, including Millburgers here, and they also uh, you want you want some some of the. Uh, Nectars, uh, right? We have mist. We had some. I saw some mist flower. Uh, we got mist flower, and uh, even uh, lantanas and our, our uh, salvias are good, right. for, especially right. in the fall. Right. Uh, we uh, Calvin has noticed that, and I agree with. That after watching them, is uh, uh, the lantanas and salvias are really the most popular plants for nectar in the fall. Yeah. And uh, of course, porter weed is uh, is always wonderful. Uh, it's a. Uh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Paul appreciates that from yeah from his uh, situation in the grave that that we um, took us so long to appreciate porter weed. Yeah, not only appreciate it, you endorse it. You're the one pushing it now. Mm. Yeah, and uh, well, it's just an amazing plant. Uh, the uh, all, all the pollinators really like it. In fact, you can have all. This little uh, two-foot round plant, uh, the miniature red, you can have you can have a hum- hummingbird, uh, monarch butterfly, and uh, bees all at once getting uh, nectar. And the amazing thing is that this is a, a not very many blooms, very attractive blooms, but they they move up and down the columns. Uh, so if if you haven't tried that. Uh, uh, go ahead and see if you can yeah, find that, it. Usually it's available when, when in March here at the yeah. nursery. Yeah, and uh, um, that's a, a point we have to make, too. It is very sensitive to cold, so it's yeah. uh, it's hard to hard to keep it over the winter. Uh, yeah. Put it on your list for uh, first thing in the spring. Well, I, I you know, I think it's worthwhile. Um we may get some more shipments in uh, this this fall, but I think it's—I mean, this summer. But I think it's worthwhile if you uh, you can because three or so four months. So you know. so abundant in the nectar. Yeah, it really does produce a lot of nectar. Yeah, it's a pretty plant. Yeah. Well, so, I was so yeah. Lot, lot, lots of uh, if you're looking for some, of course you'll be you'll be looking for the uh, winter vegetables soon. But you also the butterflies are. Uh, Prime targets right now, making making your uh, landscape welcome to them, meeting their needs, and uh, uh, if you if all of us do that, a lot of us do that, we can um, perhaps we can save the the monarch uh, populations too. I was uh, talking to Lee Marlowe, who uh, is a senior naturalist for Sarah San Antonio River Authority. And she confirmed what I suspected is that we have plenty of of uh, milkweed for the monarchs, but we're really lacking in a wide diversity of nectar plants. So mm. I just want to remind. So I'm glad Calvin touched on that. Is uh, don't forget the nectar, plant plant milkweed, but don't forget the nectar. 
And we've had butterflies 12 months out of the year, so you can have nectar plants 12 months out of the year. And our in the certified butterfly garden here at Millburgers uh, does have nectar plants uh, growing yeah, it 12 does. months. So uh, there's a, I looked at it before we went on the air, and lo and behold, <gasps> the zinnias are really blooming in the butterfly garden. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's and, that, that's another nectar yeah, star. Yeah, uh, zinnias. Uh, and then the, the Turk's cap uh, was doing really well. So, uh, And that's a hummingbird one. That, oh, okay. They like that one. But some of the butterflies favor that as well. And uh, Milton's uh, firebush right over here. This mm-hmm. is, uh, the, it won't be long in our... Uh, um, hummingbird migrants will be coming through, and one of the neat things, if you got a patio in full sun, is to put a put a uh, fire a fire bush in. Uh, I think it's a queen. Yeah, right? it's a queen. I was gonna, I just wanted to yeah. confirm it. And uh, put the put a <laughs> fire bush in a container uh, in the patio, and uh, just watch those uh, migrating hummingbirds compete for that mm. that nectar. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a very a favorite, and it's, it's fun to watch. And you might, in the fall, the migrants, you might have three different uh, varieties of hummingbirds here in San Antonio. All right. I asked you about that because I have a friend in, uh, up in, um, just across the Comal County line. And at their feeder, they were thinking that they had seen, she had seen three different ones. And yeah. I went, well. She's on the edge. Uh, right. We're, we're right on the edge of the the border for the uh, uh, for of course the black chin and the ruby throat yeah. and then the, and the, uh, the the others the, the, the other little one what yeah was that? you never know what that little one is going to do Rufus but Rufus, the yeah. but the uh, ruby throat is pretty yeah. reliable in yeah. the fall. All right, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. And so we're kind of up against a break, so let's take one real quick. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road, right here on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Mark Peterson in for Dr. Jerry Parsons. And we uh, welcome your calls at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. We haven't gotten any calls on people with planting sweet potatoes from sweet potatoes yet. Yeah, no. I'm sweet potatoes slips. 210-308-8867. All right. What else we got going on? Anything we well, just we, Yeah, we haven't got, uh, surprised me too, we haven't got a lot of calls on on tomatoes. Hmm. I, I, I can't understand it, but I guess when it's 102 degrees, that oh, I just don't know curious. why. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, for those who have listened for a while, I'm kind of old school because I kind of follow the old school. We used to not recommend fall planting tomatoes until around my birthday, which is middle of next month. 
And then uh, over the years, we gradually push it. Yeah, yeah, we push it <laughs> forward and forward and forward. And uh, we've been recommending what the last two weeks of July, or that's when we get them in. We get them in the last, the third week of July, and then we're uh, we're, we're trying to push it forward on that. Uh, so I like next week. That's when I always traditionally say put them in the ground first week of August. Well, and the uh, fact that we've got a great choice is kind of different this uh, right now, this time of the year too. And we've got them in uh, one-gallon containers, so we got quite a bit of flexibility there. Right, right. That's that's the thing. I think what we've learned here at Millburgers over the last couple of years is have great variety, have them in different sizes. Yeah, and uh, we do have. Great variety and different sizes. Here. And we have lots. Yeah. So come on by and get them in. Yes. So next week. Yeah. The week of August. Oh, or, that's right. So that's that's when Mark would traditionally put them in. That would be near your birthday. Oh, well, no, my birthday is you suddenly mid-month. injected mid-month. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but, so I'm going to. I have to break, uh, break in, but there, there's, uh, uh, I think, it's, yeah, black, black swallowtail on the... Uh, uh, Blue Pumbago over there, isn't it? Right there, Mary, right club behind it looks you. Looks like that, a little bit of yellow yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was good. I was going to ask Mary, uh, based on her observations in the certified butterfly garden. I wonder if we overestimate the uh, attraction of uh, Pumbago to the butterflies, or if is is it like, like our uh, salvias and our. Um, Oh, our lantana is that lantana, it's only in the fall. Seasonal, yeah. yeah seasonal, seasonal kind of attraction. or no. you, Have you seen that? I've seen them come to it while they're blooming any time. Yeah. Now, I used to, one, one of the things, what was the, uh, what's the red one, the red flower that has a, a bloom like plumbago? Phlox? Um, huh? A phlox? No, not the, not the phlox. They do like the phlox. Yeah. Uh, they they certainly like the uh, Phanix flocks that, yeah. in my, that's planted in my yard, uh, but I was thinking of the uh, oh summer uh, pintas. No. no, no, they're full sun plant. Oh, full sun. Um, verbena. No, verbena is another uh. good one, but. It'll come to me two or three months <laughs> from now. Uh, yeah, later on this evening. Summer. Uh, just text me it. <laughs> that, that just reminds they remind me the growth growth pattern uh, of that that particular plant and plumbago. They remind me of each other. Hmm. That's why I think of it. And uh, I think we get a uh, seems like we get a little more action on the butterflies on on that plant. Although Pumbago's got unbelievable staying power. You yeah. It's so got that, a long that, bloom season. Not Duranta. Duranta, do, do drop? No, no, Durant, no. Yeah, Duranta's. Oh, okay. Yeah, Duranta's is a short bloom period, but, boy, Duranta's gets covered with but butterflies. They, oh, yeah, but that's a real good attractor. Plumbago's is like have we got, Mary, have we got uh, Duranta's? We got Duranta's left. We had some uh, just a short time ago we yeah got, we, we still have some okay yeah kind of scattered around yeah so if you if you want in the long term want a, another plant that really attracts the it's a nectar uh, provider 
And and, uh, and bird food. Hummingbirds really find it as a favorite. Mm-hmm. The bees like it, but it's not not overland, overwhelmingly covered by bees like the coral vine is. Coral vine, man, if you if you're the afraid of bees, Barbados, stay away from the Prada Barbados. Yeah, Prada Barbados is a good, a good a one too, but that, yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of. Uh, I can just see the pink little flowers this big. Uh, in case the audience out there quarter size, somebody somebody will think somebody will rock rose. Huh? Rock oh. rose. Rock rose. Yes, uh. that's it. Well, okay, yeah. uh. okay. Good guess. Way to go, Mary. Yeah, you, you get a good. I get start. to interpret a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So it is one <laughs> that we we frequently forget the Pavonia rock rose because yeah. it does well in both locations again. Preferably full sun. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of that old-fashioned yeah. growth habit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lays fills whatever space you gave right. it. Uh, it volunteers wherever it can. It does does not like shade like a. It gets mildewy in the shade. Yeah. It'll yeah. still bloom, not as yeah. much. Not. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying it, it does okay in the shade. Yeah, partial all my, shade. All partial. my volunteers are in. Yeah. Our morning sun area, so they right, get mildewed right, there up. There they go. Partially. <laughs> morning sun, afternoon shade. Hmm. Kind of like humans. <laughs> yeah, but that's where they chose to grow. I let them grow there. So, Milton, are you, uh, how is your um, privet, your, uh, the one you've named? Oh, well, we had Vinny. Vinny the Vinka. Yeah, we talked about Vinny. Pros- prospering? No, Vinny's gone. What? His children are still with us, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Vinnie, I thought you were talking about it yesterday, but there was the I was, No, no, no. I was explaining that. Yeah, he he kind of pooped out with uh, when he got all the we got watered and stayed soggy, so he's gone. I miss Vinny. He was a good finca. Hey, Mary, while you're here, what do we have on sale? I know. I have I have the sheet right here. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we, at you, ben. Yeah. yeah, we don't even want to say. It. Yeah, we got a lot of Inca. Yeah. Yep. A lot. Little, we got a, a lot of Mexican heather. The lantana. Right uh, and the plumbago we talked about. Plumbago. That's also on sale. Yeah, lots of great plants on sale. I was looking over on the on the backside of the Express News, and uh, it has all what's on sale right now. And it's just amazing. Um, and then on the pots, you know, they have the... The garden is that is that the one that that Jerry likes the white garden clay pot is that the one? Uh, those six inch. Yeah. No, he he wants no. The, he wants a he bigger wants one. The, he wants the big eighteen inch. Oh, okay. But those are on sale this week. Well, if they want a bigger one, the uh, the oak barrels are on on sale. Oh, yeah. The whiskey barrels are on yeah. sale. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he I, wants. He like he for some reason he loves the big. Clay. Yeah. They really fell in love they with are. They are. The, the, the they're, big clay ones? Yeah. Yeah, they are good. They're they good to great. garden with. For sure. <laughs> he always turns the trace out of those. That's hill. Those, those are the ones I like. Yeah. Like that. But anyway, six yeah. inch are on sale. Can we get four? You can get four for a dollar. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's a great deal. It's a great yeah. little pot. Yeah. So, what would you put in the pot? Uh, what you want, man. Yeah, I, I put in my uh, annuals, some type yeah, of annual. A little annual flower. All right. So yeah, uh, you know what fits perfectly on there is that uh, that little uh, that little zinnia 
The, uh, the little one I like, the golden, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yellowish gold or orangeish gold. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the one I like. Cactus. Cactus, you put in there. That'd be great for little yeah. cactus. Uh, no, the portulaca. There and you the go. Portulaca that, that's the portulaca. That's the portulaca. Would work great in that. Yeah. I move, I've uh, replaced some of my moss roses with uh, just this morning, in fact, with with some of those uh, zinnias, those little uh, the. Mar- I need always need uh, Milton to help me remember their. Perfusion. Perfusion. Yeah. yeah. They uh, they do they would do well. You know, we, we generally we, pick, we pick, pick moss roses for small containers and for hanging baskets and in full sun. Uh, and then, uh, but that that perfusion zinnia is uh, is pretty amazing too. Yeah. Now the, I'm having trouble. Well, uh. for for years I've had. Uh, I guess it's not trouble. It's just uh, uh, sparrows love. Harvesting those the suck the moss rose pieces of uh, foliage and the seed pods, so you end up uh, quite often as they mature, you end uh, end up with uh, nothing, no booms left. I was wondering what was happening in the butterfly garden because I was off for two days this week, came back and a third of the bush is gone. Hmm. My, uh, yeah, that, uh, I think I think it's especially. But I, thought I was blaming the vole I saw because the yeah. vole would also go for it. Maybe I yeah. saw a vole in the butterfly garden. Did you? Yeah. They. Uh, I was like, "What is that?" It's when it's uh, when it's this hot, I think it's especially desirable to the moisture. You, you have that. It's like the squirrels harvesting yeah, yeah, yeah. the the bark. The the. In fact, on that tree walk I was on yesterday, I said, "Yeah." You know, What's going on here with all these dead branches? It was a leading question to the guide. And he was correct. Now it's the squirrels looking for bark. Oh. Um, looking always, for nutrients, a little sweet, and the sap. And they always do the little branches to get the moisture. Mm-hmm. And the, I, call it, I call it free tree trimming. Well, the parks department didn't, didn't look at it like that uh, because they, they said that. That it's all dead all through the oh, branches. They, they did through. a lot too much editing. Hmm. Oh. Poor squirrels are thirsty. Again, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Mary, what kind of questions are you getting from people that are coming in? Are you getting something that... that it's a lot of the uh, stress on the leaves of bushes. Oh, okay. And... Uh, I get to questioning them in their newer bushes that haven't got established, so I have to remind them that you need to make sure you give it a nice slow soak to get a wide, you know, a deeper watering. Yeah. And then dry it between, and they they have a hard time what, understanding the, how to do the that. Three, two, so water one it ten method. minutes. I'm okay. like, no, 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 no. Good soaking. Good soak, long, slow. I, I was going to say, preferably by hand. Uh, though a lot of people are looking when I tell them, look at me funny when I tell them, you know, watering is so relaxing. <laughs> Until you yeah, did like 102 that. Yeah, degrees. I go. Well, well, maybe not when it's 102. You know, yeah. Do it early in the morning with yeah. a, with a coffee or late at night. I, my father used to water always at late at night, so it was relaxing for him. Uh, that's when to do it. Okay. But you're right. Yeah, when they uh, when it's a uh, reasonable weather outside, uh, p- people do enjoy. But this 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 is not uh, reasonable weather in terms of <laughs> hand water. 
Yeah, but you know what? That um, Texas bluebell I planted is still blooming. And I just planted it right when the heat started, and I have not watered it that much. And I keep going out there to check if it's still alive, and it's still there and blooming, just looking hmm. happy. I'm like, well, I love this plant. <laughs> well, tell us about the Texas bluebell. What is that? Uh, uh, it's a, uh, I always forget the Latin name, but. Yeah. Well, you, you, you had a, a few years ago, we had it, do we? Well, it was the hybrid one, the developed in Japan. They super hybrid it and sold it back to us, I guess. But they are shorter. This one is a tall plant. Uh-huh. It's a long native to, I guess, the, uh, I think of the area where bluebells is. That area has really got a lot of bluebells. And sandier soils and loams. And, but I have this really heavy blackland prairie, but this one part that I've developed with mulch and stuff and uh-huh. compost is where I planted it. It's happy. And you've got uh, milkweed actually growing there too, right? Producing booms? Um, unfortunately, my milkweed, the only one I have is the Zitos. Yeah. That one is surviving in my soil. All the, all the others... I couldn't get established. But that that's the one that we, as you well know, because you were part of our pro- the process, that's the one that our Douglas King Seed Company helped us with, and it's the one that germinates, uh, is content with uh, acid, so- I mean, alkaline, alkaline so- mm-hmm. soil. Alkaline and does heavy not soils. need a chill. Mm. And so that's the one we were able to get germinate, but, of course, it was... It- you, you know, you could sit there and watch it for four years, and uh, it was not going to grow it's, it's about six inches. The tallest one is about six, seven inches tall now. And But it looks healthy. It's got lots of great foliage. It survived the Google trampling of my yard. That's hmm. when yeah. they put in the line. <laughs> hey, we need to uh, get you caught up with the news, so we're going to take a quick break. Thanks, Mary. Yep. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. But right now, we're going to go to the phone lines. We have a special guest. You heard Mark talking about them yesterday. And we wanted to learn a little bit more about Bear Branches. Uh, did I get that right? Bear Branches Alliance. Bear Branches Alliance. BBA. BBA. And uh, Jackie Randall, did I get that right? Yes, you did. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, Executive Director is on the line to tell us a little more. Hi there, Jackie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So Mark was kind of bragging on you guys and talking a little bit about it. So uh, it's, a, it's a new organization. But uh, tell me why it was formed and uh, kind of what y'all's mission is. Awesome. Well, first, thank you so much for the opportunity today. 
Bear Branches Alliance, we formed in July of 2021. Um, we had an outstanding group of people that helped us found our organization. Our initial board members, um, some of these names should sound familiar, uh, Michael Nentwich was our first city forester. Mark Cruzy from the Texas Forest Service um, was an advisor. Uh, Debbie Reed, who is now part of the Edward, Edward Aquifer Alliance. Um, Lisa Martinez, who um, is an Alamo area master naturalist and uh, Rachel Michi who um, is a uh, environmental attorney who now practices law in Portland so we got together and um, saw a, an opportunity to create an, a nonprofit dedicated to trees so Bear Branches Alliance we are an urban forestry nonprofit and our mission is to help expand and preserve the urban tree canopies throughout the San Antonio region so how do, how does that look? How, how so do you preserve? Okay. Sure. Yeah, we have three main initiatives to help us achieve our mission. So the first initiative is a native tree planting project. We have our largest tree planting project um, to date coming up. It's a partnership and collaboration with Northside um, Independent School District. Um, we are going to be planting 510 trees at five of their campuses with their fourth and fifth grade students. Uh, the first tree planting will be at Esparza Elementary on October 3rd. We're going to be planting uh, 58 trees on that campus with the students. And the awesome thing about these trees are they're going to be incorporated into the environmental science curriculum. So Northside ISD has an environmental science teacher that visits, visits the elementary school campuses twice a year. And so his first visit this year, we're going to be planting the trees. And then the second visit, all of the information, the data, um, as far as GPS location, tree species, and initial measurements are going to be uploaded to the GLOBE program. And that is a global citizen science program that is um, run by NASA and NOAA, among other partners. So this project is going to help give more data about the current um, status of our global forest. Hmm. Um, we also have tree maintenance programming. So uh, Bear Branches Alliance is partnered with the Alamo Forest Partnership to um, conduct their Tree Bud Citizen Forester Program. That starts in September, and we meet the first Saturday of each month at City at San Antonio Parks. And we do pruning for young trees that were planted between three to five years ago. We do both canopy pruning and base pruning, and that just helps the survival rate of these young trees in parks. And then um, with the opportunity with the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, we submitted a grant, um, fingers crossed. Uh, we have a program called Rooted Resilience, and that program will help um, low-income homeowners in the most vulnerable areas of Bear County in regards to heat island effects, social vulnerability and equity um, get tree care needs or tree care for their their trees on their properties so we hope to hear great news come October um, from that and then our third initiative is really about education and really connecting um, our community to our urban forest because trees have so many benefits among you know stormwater uh, mitigation of course helping us dealing with this you know uh, suppressive heat 
Um, but there's also a lot of really great benefits for our health, both physical and mental health. So we conduct what are called tree trail treks, and uh, we got to see Mark Peterson out there yesterday with us. We were at San Pedro Springs Park, and it's just an opportunity uh, to walk through the, the, the trees at different locations and learn um, about the different species and the roles they play within our urban forest. And that's those are the the, um, the things that you did. Huh? The tree trail. The, the, we have a, a education. That's the third function or principle right. that we have is education, bringing people closer to the trees, giving them a little bit of knowledge. And so it's led by Mike Michael Netwich, uh, okay. first uh, city forester. Uh, the first city forester is a result of a, a lengthy white paper that I wrote oh. before I left the Texas Forest Service. So uh, he led that, and I was just piping up in the back. You know, I have I can't control myself, and I was just piping up in the back as oh. needed and everything. But it was really Mike leading it, uh, and the program, and we do that every other month, right, Jackie? Uh, so we have one a minimum once a quarter. Oh, once so a quarter. Our, okay. Yeah. And our next tree trail trek will actually be a part of our Arbor Weekend celebration in November. So with Project Canopy, our last tree planting will be at Driggers Elementary on Arbor Day, which is November 3rd. We're going to be planting 136 trees on that campus. Um, and then to round out, the, we'll be celebrating on Saturday with the city of San Antonio at their Arbor Day event. We'll have our own um, events in the evening. It'll be a fundraiser dinner. More to come on that. And then on Sunday, November 5th, we'll host our next tree trail trek at the Tamuxtlum Food Forest at Padre Park on the south side. Oh, where, where, where is it going to be? It's going to be at the Tamuxtlum Food Forest at, um, at Padre Park. Uh, Padre Park is a county park. And the Tamuxtlum Food Forest is an amazing uh, urban food forest that is a project um, from the, the Food Policy Council of San Antonio that Bear Branches, we have helped support the installation of over 80 trees in this space. And then they have volunteer days every Saturday morning. So we help run their volunteer days the second Saturday of each month. Talking to uh, Jackie Russell, CEO. Uh, oh, sorry, Randall. I should have remembered that, Jackie. I'm sorry. That's okay. Jackie Randall with uh, Bear Branches Alliance. Alliance. I'm sorry. Yep, I'm having. We're out here in the sun, so uh, well, we're, we're in the shade. But <laughs> how about uh, how? That's Calvin. Here. I know you've just uh, started your your the history of your pro, your program. What two years or three years? But uh, is there a r- relationship? You mentioned the master naturalists. What about the master gardeners and the gardening volunteers of South Texas and some of our active uh, uh, garden clubs, too? Um, yes. Uh, any, so, any formal li- links there? Yes. So um, we um, have a formal relationship with the Alamo Area Master Naturalists. Uh, Lisa Martinez is our liaison. And um, Michael Nentwich, um hosts tree trail treks um, for master naturalists at different sites. Um, we also recently did a presentation for uh, the South Texas Gardening Volunteers, or I'm sorry, Gardening Volunteers of South Texas chapter. Um, but, but we are looking at, you know, more outreach, more if, uh, the Master Gardeners. That is definitely a group that is on my list to connect and other volunteer um, gardening groups. Absolutely. Sounds good. And then, so how do you pick the places that you do the uh, the 
the tree trail? Yeah. So, oh, oh the, the tree trail or uh, the programs that are going to be part of the planting and maintenance. Because this is really cool. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Mark's so, very so excited, good. Jackie. So, briefly go into the data aspect of how we pick sure. these places. Absolutely. So, Bear Branches Alliance, we are a data-driven organization, and we are very fortunate to live in a place where there's a lot of data that really kind of help us see our area from not only a climate perspective, but from an equity perspective. So, back in 2017, the City of San Antonio partnered with the U.S. Forest Service and the Texas Forest Service to do an urban forest inventory analysis. Now, this is a 10-year project, but the data from the start of it lives um, in a on a, a website that's managed by the Texas Forest Service called My City's Trees. And there is a lot of amazing information on that platform, but we utilize um, three specific themes to look at San Antonio through. So the first theme is Heat Island, um, and it shows a heat island map of San Antonio. And of course, the, the, the more hot spots are gonna be like the, the, the red and the orange. So we, we look at our initial efforts that, you know, what are most vulnerable to heat? The second thing we use is social vulnerability. And the social vulnerability index comes from the Centers of Disease Control and from the Office of Sustainability for San Antonio. And that shows the areas that um, are most vulnerable to negatively impacted by external environmental um, factors. So an example would be if you lived kind of like near 410 and I-10 where it's very concrete, not a lot of trees, and there's a lot of traffic. So with traffic comes emissions, which means if you live in that area, the particulate matter from emissions are going to be higher. And then the third thing that we look at is equity. And there is an equity map that is um, managed by the San Antonio office. So each one of those maps identifies which areas are most vulnerable to those things. And so you can see a lot of overlap within those. And so that's because we're, we're, we're brand new and we spent really that first year learning all this science, connecting with the community and developing programming. Now that we have that, we use this data to, to do our initial outreach and then continue to, to, to do outreach to those areas. Another map that is really important to share is from the, the uh, USDA. It's called their Food Access Research Atlas. And that just shows the food desert areas essentially within um, Bear County, and there are a lot of them. So we use this data to make the case for trees because trees, although they're not a, a, a overall problem solver, they can absolutely help address pollutants in the air, food insecurity, stormwater mitigation, heat island effects. So we, we utilize that data to really incorporate trees in the conversation to, to build our community in a more resilient way and equitable way. So uh, Jackie Randall is our guest. She's with Bear Branches Alliance, uh, and we're talking about the organization. Uh, if folks wanna, that are listening want to get involved, what do you need, and how, how can they help you, or how can they get involved? Sure. Um, so you can visit our website. It's Bear Branches. We spell it Bear, like Bear County. So it's B-E-X-A-R branches.org. All of the data I shared, is, um, there are links to our website. It's all open source, which is awesome. Oh, cool. We also have a calendar of events. You can um, sign up for our newsletter. We share just incoming data um, about our environment. 
um, and then just ways to to volunteer. Okay, and what, the website again, bearbranches.org? Yes, sir. And B-E-X-A-R. Anything else we didn't cover that you want to talk about, or...? We're all in this together, and uh, we really want to, um, part of our goal is to really start looking at our tree canopy as a whole in Bear County, because the benefits of our urban forest don't stop at city limits. So if there are people out there that can help us engage in that broader conversation, want to be part of that broader conversation, um, please let us know. We're also recruiting board members currently. Right now, as our program grows, um, our board is needing to grow. And then we also have volunteer committees if um, people want to get involved that way. All right. And all the information on how to do all that is on the website? It sure is. Cool. Okay. Mark, anything else? No. Uh, uh, Jackie did a wonderful job. Yeah, she did. Yeah, they'll try again there. I don't know why I can't hear you. Okay. And uh, Calvin, anything? Can't think of anything. Appreciate the effort. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. Great, great, great to have you visit. Thanks for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. You'll have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, we're going to see if we can't fix Mark's mic. But again, that's Bear B E X A R Branches dot org uh, for more information on the organization or how you can get involved. All right, we'll be back in a moment. More Millburgers Gardening South Texas right here. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. But let's talk to you about the tree hugger, the tree hugger sprinkler right here at Millburgers. A great way to uh, make sure, because we've been talking about watering efficiently and effectively and making sure that new tree or that established tree or shrub is watered and the root ball is happy. The tree hugger will let you do that. Think of it as a big donut with a hinge on it, the big being 7-inch, 11-inch, or 15 inches round. And you take that hinge and you open up. Oh, we're still not getting you. No. No. Okay, here. You take this mic. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. Oh, now I hear you. What'd you do? No, no, I don't know. Oh, hey. Oh, that was loud, yeah. Okay, we got you now. All right, don't move. Did, did put, something keep, down here? I don't know. Keep your arm like okay. that. And there you go. And then put your left leg up. There you go. Okay. Just right. stay like that the rest of the show. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And okay. We're opening it up. You're opening it up? All right. Now you close it or wrap it around or hug, hug the tree. All right. Then you're going to turn it on just a little bit so the water drips right down uh, to that root ball. That's Mark dripping. And then <laughs> turn it on even more to water away, uh, water around the, the drip line, that saturation zone. It's a great product. If you go to treehuggersprinkler.com, you can see the videos they've created that show you a little bit more about it. That's treehuggersprinklers.com. Or uh, come up find them here at Mill Burgers, where they have all three sizes and H-E-B. All right, 210-308-8867, 308-8867. Yeah, I don't know what okay, happened. I, I, don't know. I, I, I don't know if I hit a button here or, or what. But yeah. Now we're okay. Yeah, I don't know what you did, but no. keep, keep doing it. Okay. okay. Uh, somebody called? What's that? You said somebody called off the air? Or, oh, or no, 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 no. We're okay. 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 Cool. 
Right. Don't touch it. Yeah, stop that. I, I know. Stop it. Just, stop it. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Don't pick at it. Well, at least, <laughs> at least I'm not doing Jerry and talking about it. Yeah, or, or getting yeah, getting angry when we we move it. Um, all right. So that was that was pretty cool. That was interesting about the. Uh, uh, the Bear, Bear Branches, Branches, yeah. Bear Branches Alliance, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is uh, bearbranches.org. I always want to put the th- three words together. No. It's bearbranches.org. Dot org, yep. yeah. And, and um, please go to the website and, and learn more about it. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I thought of this afterwards, if they, if they started in 19, in tw- sorry, 19, two, 2021. Yeah. I wonder if they've seen any big difference now in what 21 and 23 look like with the heat. Yeah, because uh, she had mentioned the urban analysis, urban forest analysis, mm-hmm. which uh, I participated in several years in the, uh, in the 90s, aughts. And the teens, right? And uh, we, we've done several analysis on that with the uh, U.S. For, USD Forest Service as well as Texas Forest Service. So we that's an ongoing project, and so we can see multiple years on how much loss has been with the urban forest. All right. So we we've increased the urban heat island. Uh, by eliminating trees and then the development uh, of commercial and and residential areas. And what is the impact of increasing the heat island? When that when the heat incre- the heat island increases, uh, there is a increase of particulate and a chemical pollution, hmm. and then also a, a a raising of the nighttime temperatures. Uh, and uh, a reduction in watershed control. So when it does rain, we have oh. a less ability or more likely floods and less ability to reduce the, the, the flooding with, with forests because there's a great, uh, there is a, a great reduction in water in storm, and flooding when you have a healthy uh, uh, urban forest. And Al at the station wants to know what the impact of heat islands is on thunderstorms. All right. So is contrary there, to common thought. Is there a correlation? There, there is a, there's no dome going in that's splitting thunderstorms. But if there's a rising, rising of the, the temperature and the rising of the storms, then they'll have more significance. What does that mean? That means there'll be more water. Oh. In a, in a shorter period of time. So we'll have more severe storms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was giving it a kind of a rough explanation why. Okay. If there if there's a triggering event, it will be because it's more, it's hotter, and there will be a more severe storm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what does cause the storms when they get to 1604 to go, hey, we're not going into town. No, that's, uh, that's a myth. There is no I'm documented. You. It's like that's an easel thing. There's no documented evidence. All right. So <laughs> anecdotal. Anecdotally, it looks like it happens. It does. You yeah. can watch it. Oh, look, it's coming in. We can sit here and watch it on the radar. And it gets to about 1604 and uh, it peters so, out. Yeah, so if you want to uh, agitate any kind of meteorologist. That, that that's the one subject that, that <laughs> okay. they, 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 poking them. You know. uh, I 
if we uh, if people were inclined to call in and tell us if they've ever seen that effect, uh, <laughs> I, I bet we get some people that had. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I swear I've seen it too. But I have I, too. I, I've been told. Well, be careful, it, Mark, because uh, last time anybody questioned Milton's uh, relationship with his. Uh, Texas Sage, yeah. uh-huh. he he mobilized them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Sagers, <laughs> Sagets, the Sagets. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, we're sorry what we did to your house, but you know, <laughs> don't make fun of us. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, and I don't see any of them blooming, nor do I see any hope of rain in the weather forecast. In fact, this week's very hot, so. Uh, well, and I be cool. I write, wrote about them in the uh, my article next Saturday, and uh, it, uh, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that the blooms are gone too. So oh yeah, I was I was t- I saw the blooms uh, last week before that uh, rain. Some people got an inch rain, but uh, most of us didn't get anything. No, you didn't get anything. We didn't get anything by the no. airport, but. Uh, all right, James is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, James. Welcome to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. How are you? Um, I'm doing fine. Hey, listen, the call screener uh, asked me for my second question. I forgot, but now I remember, so I got two quick ones. My tropical hibiscus in the past week or so, I noticed uh, when I go water it, it something is cutting the bloom stems off. Like, looks like taking a pair of scissors and just snipping them off. How come uh, we got a necklace? Is that a cut worm or what is that? Now, can you hear him okay? No, no, he's cutting in and out. But yeah, what I got is what I got. Tell me if, if that's right. So we got tropical hibiscus, and studying, something is cutting the flowers off. Yeah, it looks and like a scissors. Cutting the stems. Cutting stems. The stems. Yeah. Yes. Huh, several, stems. several places. It's been going on a couple of weeks now. Uh, there's lots of things that will cut. There's a, like a, a tomato cutworm. There's a, several native varieties of stuff like that. Uh, but I'm, I, you know, what it could be and then how to prevent it. Yeah. Well, how, how, how extensive is, is it? How many plants you got, James, and how many are showing the symptom? I've got two tropical hibiscus. They are about... Maybe 20 feet apart. One is showing none of those signs, and the other one is something is just taking their cheers to it. I don't know what it is. I mean, the plant looks good. It's just something that's cutting the stems off. It almost looks like somebody's going through there with a pair of scissors and just everything off. Wow. Okay, well, on an insect level, uh, if you went with... Some spinosad or seven dust. Okay. That might take care of it. If it's an insect or other kind of pest. Uh, now, if it was some weird animal cutting it, I don't know what to do. Well, if it's if it's uh, Mark's tomato cutworms, too, um, uh, I've had good luck not on tropical milk, we, uh, tropical uh, hibiscus, but with uh, malathion. Uh, so that would be something to consider, but I, I would, yeah, I would be more suspicious of some kind of a mammal or. You well, know, you got you got rats. No, <laughs> that's kind I of personal. Well, I've got I've got three rats. 
population squirrels. Like, yeah. uh, oh, you got squirrels? Yeah. Oh my goodness, do I have squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But are they harvesting? Are they uh, harvesting other things to get water and and no, uh, nutrients? No, I said I heard y'all say something about the citrus earlier. My Meyer lemon, nothing touched it. A little further away, but still. Yeah, I don't, huh. don't know what that is. Um, I sprayed some uh, Iriscum, like, garden tape, or soap, or whatever it is. It, it's what did, did you hear? Uh, some, something's still cutting on it, or eating on it, yeah. You sprayed what? We, you, your, your phone's breaking up on us. We want to help you, but it's kind of hard to... Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a garden safe. It's a spray product I picked up. At, uh-huh. It's got pyrithium. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... I would, yeah, I would think of as squirrels, you would, that uh, tropical hibiscus doesn't seem to be their favorite Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm con- surprised and confused. Uh, it doesn't sound like, well, it doesn't happen very often. That's why we're going, uh, I don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, well, okay. hey, I know I'm going to channel a little Jerry here. What about some hot sauce? Spray, oh, yeah, put a little, like, a little oh, cayenne yeah. pepper on there. Kind of assuming it's rodents? Yeah. Like a dust? Like a Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah be, okay. it, it could be dangerous, so I would get, yeah, something already made. And a, a little pepper, cayenne and vinegar or something like that, and put it, put uh, it on it. I've got some cayenne in the in the spice cabinet. Can I just dust that around on the base or on the plant? No, on the, on the plant. I'm, I'm thinking on the plant itself. That's why it might be kind of a dicey little issue. But go ahead and yeah. and do that. And uh, uh, hey, let's see what happens. Okay, can you, second, uh, que- second question, if y'all can hear me. Um, I was cleaning out my hummingbird feeder because I heard the conversation earlier. And uh, when I went to put, I was boiling some water. And when I went to uh, get some sugar out to mix them up to put in later this evening, I've got some little black ants in the sugar. Would that the sugar still be okay to use in the hummingbird feeder, or should I just discard it? What? What? So you had some ants in the yeah, sugar. Yeah, some ants. Oh, that's yeah. It's little all, bitty it's black, all. real small black yeah, ants. Yeah. What they look? Like. Yeah, I, I I would just go ahead and use it uh, if it's. Uh, I, I I can't think of uh, of a direct relationship between the ants and a yeah I, uh, I, I wouldn't worry a about threat. It. However, that hummingbirds. That's yeah. that's what I'm. No, no. be fine. Yep. Okay. All right. Either that, right. I'm just gonna dump it on the compost pile after and the canister. James Al back at the station wants to know if it could be deer causing the no i mean no i mean we have some out here but they're far between hey J- james i was going to w- wonder is, is your soil around the base of those tropical hibiscus uh, such that you could make a little uh uh not trap it's not the right word but just uh, just to see if you could record the footprints well they're in containers i left oh. that part out they're both in containers yeah that, that's even stranger, because that, that that's kind of kind of interesting. I've never I've never seen this before. I first thought of thrips, but thrips are in the bottom, correct? So, no, that, I mean, that, that, could, 
My first thought was cut ants uh, if it was nice, clean. But if it was cut ants, they'd take everything. Yeah, not just, yeah. The, not just the flower. I, I do have a healthy population of cut ants, but uh-huh. this is on the this is on the cement patio, and I don't see any signs of that at all. It, I don't know. Uh-huh. What's going on. Well, keep well, your eyes open and yeah. uh, I, I let us know if you discover I'm, I'm, what it is. I'm betting you'll discover what it is. Well, oh. if it, once the wind lays this evening, I'll give it a dusting with cyan and see what that oh. does. Thanks, James. Thank you. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Yes, sir, you were going to say I, I was going to say, this is a good one for when we have when we're kind of stumped to send it out to the audience yeah, to see if they, they have any any answers because yeah we're kind of yeah if, you, if that kinda, sounds familiar or you've been through it well and it hasn't been windy no they they, they got kind of a stiff stems yeah but. And, and it sounds like it's clean i want i didn't want to go too far into it like is it a, a 45 degree angle um or or is it clean or you know clean off the top um I ask that because when we're in forestry school, we, we have to know the difference between a deer and a rabbit. Rabbits are always a clean 45-degree angle. Oh, okay. So, uh, that was just stuck in my head. And deer? Rip it. Oh, okay. So rabbits are clean, deer or not? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, that that would have been good. Now we we don't think about rabbits as much here as we. No, 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 no. Back uh, back home, uh, yeah, yeah, we're always thinking about rabbits. And yeah, would it rabbit hunting? How high will rabbits go to to get something? No, it's down. You have to put your your fencing like six inches down into the soil because it will dig into your oh, wow. uh, underneath the fence and then into your your beds. Very wascally, if but, yeah. they'll, but they'll they'll go up and then, but you, yeah. on a on a uh, uh, pot and reach things. Okay, and, and pull pull themselves up a little bit. Huh. Or or you know, it's get into the pot and pull themselves up, do the damage and. Down. So then they're not going to get all the way up, generally, but they'll get up and pull, pull themselves up. Very interesting. But we don't think about it as much down here as we, as we no, do. I didn't even know. No. It's never even pa- passed through my mind when we were talking to James, even. No, no, it didn't, but it just, I was like looking for something, you know. Is the cut cleanly? Is it a 45-degree angle, or is it... Uh, clean off the top, like a 90, 90 off the top. I don't know. It's just, it's, I was just looking for something. James would. I'm uh, guessing it's UFOs. Yeah, if James had rabbits, so he would. Ha- they would already been fixed. Uh, oh, well, he would. <laughs> he would have thought of that, and then we could have explored it further. But yeah, James is a good gardener. I'm betting he figures it out, yeah. and he'll call us next week and say what mm-hmm. he thinks it is. I sure hope so. Yeah. All right. I would like to know. Yep. Call us back, James. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And toll free, it's 866-308-8867. So let's see. What are we? Uh, what else we discussed here? Um, we discussed the tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're available. And then you had a wonderful article on that to maximize the chance for fall tomatoes. Yeah. Sounds good. But so it's... The main thing is we want to get them watered, and then we want to, for full fruit production, we, we want to uh, fertilize them somehow. Yeah. that's a, Sometimes we forget that how 
the tomato varieties, how dependent they are on a, on a full fertilization. Uh, it's not like the old days. Uh, yeah. That's uh, they're they're machines, and if you give them plenty of nitrogen, they maximize their. That that, that was the other thing. I, I, I said watering. It's consistent watering. That's what they 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 like, and and they they are like machines. So think of it as oiling the machine with the water, and then go ahead and increase production mm. with fertilization. Okay. Now, in in terms of the color, of course, we 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 mentioned. Um, our on-sale item, uh, and the vincas, the vincas, and then the other thing we have is uh, if you got a, a shadier situation, but it, the flowers are almost as bright, and that's the um, pentas. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, some right over there yeah. by our plumbagos in our shaded area here. Yeah, no, yeah that's right. We haven't given much, as much attention as we usually do to the plumbagos, but they 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 really are uh, pretty. Uh, attractive and noticeable if you got those in your landscape and versatile they uh, shade or sun there they'll handle either either one pretty drought tolerant too yeah our lantana's on sale in the number one pot for 888 which is pretty cool the Boston Fern Hanging Baskets, the Peggy yeah, Martin have, Rose. We have a lot of those, the yeah. Boston Furs, and they look fabulous. We don't think about that in the middle of summer, but the Boston Ferns, uh, you could uh, hang hanging baskets, you could use it in your little patio, and, and they'd look lovely. Yeah, we still have the uh, Black Flag Wasp, Hornet, and Yellow Jacket Killer. It's on sale to uh, bottles for $4.00. Which is a great price if you needed that. Whiskey barrels, Mark mentioned those a little while ago. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a, a quick break. And while we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM, The Answer. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Milton Glick, along with Mark Peterson and Dr. Calvin Finch, sitting on the porch here at Millburgers at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. We would love to talk with you at 210-308-8867. Still plenty of time to get a question in if you've got one. One of the things, uh, maybe you've got a question about something that's coming up in August uh, or something that's coming up for the fall, what you should be doing. We'll talk about that a little bit, but call us if you've got something specific at 210-308-8867. Mark, you mentioned yesterday, both of you did, as a matter of fact, Calvin, uh, that this is a good time to kind of stay inside, stay cool, and start doing some planning for the fall is that correct Did yeah I yeah so uh not so much a planting planning but planning we want planning, to yeah planning. that's what i meant Plan, planning and sharpening our tools and getting everything ready so when, okay. uh, when is that next gardening volunteer of south texas meeting so uh we, we meet on the third monday of the month okay so uh so somewhere I, yeah thank you look look for it there were you were you looking what? Oh, no, I'll no, go look. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to do that for me. That's I will. Says, Thank you. The 4th is uh, Friday, so. Uh, yeah, so in, in probably in the high high uh, 
teens. But anyway, uh, it'll be a wonderful event. But uh, speaking of GVSC. Going to gardeningvolunteers.org. We have lovely videos that people can uh, click on and find all about what to do in the garden. Uh, I will be doing another one next Tuesday. And I'll be uh, interviewing a local landscape architect. And we'll be talking about one of the projects you did up in the Monta Vista area. Hmm. So that should be interesting. And uh, you uh, wanted you to mention the tool sharpening. The tool sharpening uh, that is also can be done at the Essentials of Gardening. Uh, we have a good friend, Ron Seal. Uh, he does the sharpening. He took over the job from Dr. Tom Harris. And for a donation, you can get all your tools sharpened, yeah, which is really, really important. It is. It makes it, the job so much uh, easier when the tools are sharp and uh, actually safer. Uh, plus, uh, it uh, yeah, you enjoy your you enjoy your gardening uh, much more when you do. Uh, for the reason I'm uh, familiar with that is that I was I spent this morning looking for something that was halfway sharp. Uh, <laughs> my pruning tool. Uh, we are regaled. In- Maybe up in Minnesota, but in Michigan, we're always regaled with the stories of how, you know, when you use a sharp axe or sharp blade, it's it's so much quicker uh, or it's so much easier. And uh, and it's over the long term quicker. Um, they have the young man who, brawny, and he's using his axe and he's uh, cutting down the trees. And then the old man who stops, sharpens cut some trees down, sits and sharpens. And at the end of the day, guess who has more wood cut? The, the tortoise. The, the, yes, the old man who continually sharpens his blade. Hey, uh, Milburn. Oh. Well, Calvin's yelling at somebody. Uh-oh. Oh, it's All right, the, a customer wanted to talk. Oh, uh, okay. The um, gardening essentials class is uh, August 21st. Uh, at from twelve to three, <laughs> just like I said, in the high teens. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, and click here for more information. All right, so that's gardeningvolunteers uh, dot org. Yeah. So can, that, can you that's tell a, us about the Monta Vista project? Uh, a little bit. Um, I haven't. I haven't done the. I haven't gone to the site to, to oh, look at Is it on the? Uh, no, the no. We're gonna be. We'll be filming on Tuesday. Oh, okay. For for the month of August video. Cool. One so, of the older homes in the neighborhood. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. All right. Yeah. One of the, not not a great large place. So it'll be one of the smaller homes. So uh, and then a little bit of what what was what would what did it look like before and then uh, what was done and how did they how did both the customer and the landscape architect envision. And how they got together and and, yeah. and, and, and decided on the course of action, well, which know, is always which is always from uh, interesting to me, on uh, on how that all works. Well, and that makes me think of one more question too. Uh, Monte Vista is a beautiful area, an old area in San Antonio. Um, are there certain areas that people can just drive through and see? You know, like we talked about Woodlawn Lake yesterday and see examples of, uh, of plants that have withstood the test of time and and uh, stuff. Uh, I know that we see a lot of them in King William. 
south of downtown. We use that as an example because they have so much shade, so you can actually walk through and see what's thriving in a shady area. Right. So some of the areas I like to go through and get some ideas, uh, mm-hmm. Minky Park. Oh, the Woodlawn area, Woodlawn yeah. Lake, uh, it's also called, there's an adjacent one called Monticello Park. Uh, I like yeah. those areas. And then um, uh, sometimes I go to Hollywood Park and, and Hill Country Village and see okay. what's going on over that way. Well, that you way. can see what's deer resistant if you go drive. There the you go. So, yes. So, and then how should you do this? So. If you see something that you think maybe is deer resistant, but it's there in Hollywood Park, how could it be? Uh, does that mean that that's just a, an anomaly, or should you see how many you really see in the area? Yeah. And, so uh, if you see more than three in an area. D- d- discreetly take a photo. Uh-huh. And uh, come on by Millburgers. And okay. We'll, we'll look at it. If you didn't know what the plant was, and then we'll look at it and, and confirm that it is one of the deer-resistant species. Okay. According to our great researcher. Forrest Appleton. Forrest Appleton. That deer man. The deer deer researcher. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be uh, a positive association with the The deer. deer. Okay. I'm kind of with him. Uh, Well, I take that. Uh, They're okay. As long as there's not so many. So, can you also... Make mistakes by doing that, and how do you avoid them? For instance, if I drive through uh, Monta Vista, okay, okay, what's the likelihood I'll see some magnolia trees? Uh, you will see some. It is not in our rec- uh, recommended right. list for that area. Right, um, uh, magnolias have to be have to have deep soil. And now, if it was in King William and I saw one, I would go, eh, okay. Uh, That might be okay in that area. Okay. But once you get above the city and the balcony, get starting, start to move onto the escarpment, then you get shallow soil. And magnolia would not be appropriate for that area. All right, but you do see them. That's that's what I thought was uh, very smart that these guys mentioned. Is it's deceptive because you'll drive down Blanco, in Castle Hills, and you'll see beautiful magnolia trees. When I'm, I'm not sure if uh, someone came to you and said I just moved into a home in Castle Hills. It's always hard to find small magnolia trees or growing magnolia trees. Yeah, you see some. You big, see the good established. Yeah, a fewer, fewer and fewer. But yeah. So uh, I would probably say, uh, maybe they have soil in that particular area. Do they? Oh, well. I don't know. Okay. So, so think about what it is. It's, it's coming off a higher area, a, a higher slope area. Oh, okay. And then it kind of flattens out in Castle Hills. And then it What's goes that? down again. It flattens out. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the accent. No, that's okay. I just didn't. Quite catch it. I thought you said you lived in Castle Hills. No, no, no. But uh, think about it. I, yeah. I said think about it. Just it, 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 it is a slope. Think, think of Fredericksburg and Castle Hills. It's a fast slope, and right. it kind of bottoms out by the the area uh, adjacent to 410, and that might have some good soil in that area. Okay, it's just interesting because. Uh, 
you know, one of the things that is frequently said is somebody will ask about a tree, and they'll say, and the guys will answer, you know, well, how many, you don't see many of those around, do you? Well, and then all I got to do is see one that's looking good, and it's like, oh, yeah, it does great. But that's not the good criteria, I guess. Yeah, are, are, are you mocking me? Because I often say that. No, uh, no, every all you guys do. Yeah. But that's the deceptive part is that it's good advice, but it's also, you know, you got to still be cautious because if you do see some, you don't see many weeping willow trees. No. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think magnolias are sort of occasionally have found their place, but I don't see any. Are there any weeping willows around town? Not that I'm f- aware. I'm not of. either. Either yeah, at not least not for long. Oh, yeah, there there may be some uh, that somebody's homesick for the Midwest or so, and yeah, they're they're weeping, so mm. they have to have a weeping willow. But uh, they are not don't conducive last. to the area. Yeah, they don't last long if you plant. Them. Yeah, usually. Okay. I don't know of any, but there. Yeah, as I said, I'm not familiar with, but there may be some, somewhere. Are there any weird anomalies like in your neighborhood that that one house has this deer, this this plant in it that it's supposed to be uh, the deer love, and they don't seem to like it at that house? Well, the uh, pomegranates. Yeah. In my neighborhood, they grow. Uh, naturalized, and they're growing. They don't don't seem to be. And Jerry, uh, Jerry's familiar with areas where he yeah, where they feels they have been uh, eaten at, or at least the fruit eaten. Uh-huh. Now, I, the ones that were naturalized in my neighborhood have uh, are generally bloom up a storm, look really good, uh, and they're large. You'd swear that they would produce a lot of fruit, but they generally don't produce fruit. Yeah, you know, as soon as you mentioned that, I says, we haven't been talking about pomegranates for for a while. I completely forgot about them. Yeah, they're, I think they're a nice shrub if you got a, a, a good use for them. And, of course, those orange orange blooms are unbelievable. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, we remember them when they're blooming up a storm, and then afterwards we forget about them. Yeah, and you don't, I don't think, uh, most of us that have them, we don't bother watering them or, <laughs> and we probably should prune them more. Yeah. Often. But, uh, but they're one of those too that we prune. I, the, the recommended pruning is generally the stems at the bottom. Cut them, cut them, uh, yeah. yes, uh, a portion of the stems every year as they get older and, you keep kind of control of it that way. I was, yeah, I was going to say, as I have these techniques, uh, what I call 55-mile-hour dendrology, and so identification of trees. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so anyway, so you'd be driving along, and you go, oh, yeah, pomegranates. Well, how can you tell it's a pomegranate? Yeah, it goes, no, it's the thousand stems at the base of the tree. Oh. <laughs> so that's a dead giveaway. So that's a dead giveaway. Or the, if it's uh, March or April, then it's the, it's, the, yeah, the beautiful of, bloom for, yeah. blooms. The orangey, uh, orangey red blooms. And the one I think of again in Monta Vista is you see in mimosa trees. You used to. You used to. Yeah. And we used to see a lot more deodor cedar. Oh. And then uh, to speak of it. 
of another example. And then uh, over the years, we've had inclement weather. Oh. And so we went from freezes. Well, no. What it is is we go to freezes within 48 or 72 hours. They really don't like that. No, oh, which one, the Deodor or the Mimosa? The the the, the, the Deodor. Okay. The Mimosa. Oh, over the years, we've had Mimosa. Min, memo. No, yeah, memo. Mimosa wilt. Oh, and oh, that really? Has, that has killed them slowly. Oh. Is that a fungus, um, or is it a virus? No, it's a it's a fungus, but I can't think of which one it is. I think it's a fusarium. Uh, but I can't remember. But, but anyway, guess. but oh, they've fallen out of favor because of that. And I thought they followed out of favor because they were, you know, I think they, y'all referred to them as a trash tree. No, they're okay. beautiful trees. Yeah, they are beautiful. They're very beautiful trees. They, they would have a problem because they were uh, infested with aphids. Hmm. And then they would be weeping. And some stories would be the, the, the mosa would cry that's we didn't have them in the in the midwest and oh. so that's i'm going oh look at this pretty tree and everything he goes oh yes they're always sad in the summertime i think jerry was saying when when you when we drove to alabama he said look for mimosas you might see a couple yeah they were all over oh yeah so all so up and down the highway so uh, they kind of fallen out of favor is what okay. i'm saying so but they are beautiful yeah they are i thought they were really pretty very colorful uh, all right we're going to say goodbye for today uh but we'll be back next week at 1604 on Boulevardy road on behalf of mark on behalf of dr finch calvin i'm milton glick thanks to al for doing a great job thanks to you for listening see you next week on 9 a.m. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 